Shabbat Shalom. So today, I want to share with you a few of my favorite midrashim, uh, rabbinic takes on the on this week's parsha. But in order for that to make sense, what I actually want to try to do with you is to see if first we can see the questions that the text is presenting that then justify the existence of the Midrashim, okay? The, the rabbinic commentaries that we have in the Torah are actually trying to address some of the questions that the text is presenting. Why? Because there is something that is not clear, or that is confusing, or that is a contradiction. So what I want to try to do with you is to, before I share the Midrash, to see if we can find what is bothering the sages. So I want actually to zoom in into Exodus chapter 14, beginning on verse 8. You know, we will read 10 verses that we just read actually from the Torah this morning. And then I will try to ask you a few questions. I know from the get-go that the translation is tricky. So one of the questions that I will ask, you won't be able to answer unless you know some Hebrew or you can read the Hebrew and understand the Hebrew. But that's the second one. So don't worry. The, the first question will come after we read the whole thing. Let me read it. I think that it's the same translation I have here that you have in the text. But it, if not, it will be pretty close. Beginning of verse 8, which I think it's page 401 in your texts, or 402. The Lord stiffened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he gave chase to the Israelites as the Israelites were departing defiantly. The Egyptians gave chase to them, and all the chariot horses of Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his warriors overtook them and camped by the sea near Piahirot before Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites caught sight of the Egyptians advancing upon them. Greatly frightened, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, was it for want of graves in Egypt that you brought us to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, taking us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us be, and we will serve the Egyptians, for it is better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness? But Moses said to the people, have no fear, stand by and witness the deliverance which the Lord will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will battle for you, you hold your peace. Then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. And you lift up your rod and hold out your arm over the sea and split it so that the Israelites may march into the sea on dry ground. And I will stiffen the hearts of the Egyptians so that they go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his warriors, his chariots and his horsemen. Let the Egyptians know that I am Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. That's the text that we will read. You kind of know the text because you've seen the movie. 
uh, or because you read the text. But actually, now I want to start asking questions. Who can tell me what's awkward in verses 10 and 11? 10 and 11, there is something weird. What is? Actually, there are two things, but I will start with one. Anyone? This is the moment in which you should try to answer. I tried this with fourth graders and fifth graders yesterday. They answered, so, you know, try something. Different questions. Yes, Pam. Okay, it is strange, and we will uh, have a conversation in a minute. The fact that they are willing to go to Egypt, back to Egypt, is like very weird. That's true. What else? Steve? Uh, verse 10 says they cried out to the Lord, and then verse 11 says they said to Moses. So okay, interesting. So they are crying to the Lord, and then they are saying something to Moses. So... On one end, we don't, we don't know if they are crying to the Lord or what are they crying for. And then they jump right after to uh, speak to Moses. Weird. Now, if I was reading the text, again, you read it all, but let's say that I read the text. Let's, let's do this exercise. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites caught sight of the Egyptians advancing upon them. Greatly frightened, the Israelites cried out to the Lord and said... What do you think they would say? Help us. You know, kind of, yeah. But what do they say? They kvetch. So, Ramban, Nachmanidis, for example, in his commentary, is saying, how can it be that the same guys that are about to pray are now the guys who are kvetching? who are complaining. So what would you answer to that question? How can it be? First pray, then, then complain. What's going on? Who can tell me? Lorna? They were Jewish. Yes, that's true. What else? Meaning? Okay. Okay, so they are slaves. The mentality of a slave may explain this. Anyone else? There is a simpler explanation that is not coming up. What would be the simpler explanation? They don't know what, yes, that's, you know, kind of in the same line of they were slaves. They don't know what is to be free. But there is a simpler explanation in order to understand why they seem to be praying right after they seem to be complaining. They were ambivalent, but... It, yes, you are all, all of you, the interesting thing, are putting the many different reactions into the same people. The Midrash comes and says, the way you need to understand this ambivalence or 
this uh, schizophrenic uh, take of the text is you should know that the Jewish people are divided in different groups. We are Jews and we don't think about that. The Midrash is saying, why on earth do you think that every Jew thought the same thing given the same situation? Given a very traumatic, stressful moment in their lives, not everyone reacted the same way. And here the Midrash says they were mainly four groups at the time of the crossing of the Red Sea. Have you ever heard this Midrash? Probably some of you heard it and forgot it. Thank you. It's good. You give me, you know, I, can, I, I get to keep my job. So keep doing your job so well. Uh, so the Midrash says there were four groups. And the Midrash is kind of ranking them in, you know, from the worst to the kind of best and still not the ideal solution. And think about this, because this is how we react to a stressful situation. So the Midrash says, The people of Israel were divided in four groups. The lower group, So these are the drama people which are saying, this is a stressful situation, I want to die. Okay? I want to jump into the sea and drown. Not cross the sea, I want to die. Okay? You can actually see some Woody Allen movies lines over there. It's like, life is tough, I want to die. <laughs> That's the solution. Not a, whole, not a great solution, but, you know. Uh, then, the second group, you know, not the drama, I want to die type of group, the second was the group saying, we should go back to Egypt. So they are the representatives of the Stockholm Syndrome back in the times of Egypt. Okay? So what's their solution in a very stressful situation? Let's go back to what we know because it's better the hell that we know and not to try something that it's the unknown could be very frightening. So it's better to remain slaves in Egypt. The Midrash is not very fond of this answer either. But again, think about the way we deal with situations in life. You know, when we just give up or when we you know, prefer to stick with what we know, even if we know that it's not great for us. Third group, Nase Milchama. So a third group, instead of going back to become slaves in Egypt, they said, go and let us fight war against the Egyptians. It's kind of better. You know, many years later, we will take that type of heroism as uh, commandable. We will tell the story of Mordechai Anilevich and the people in the ghetto Warsaw because they won't give up. They won't let the Nazis win. They will fight until there's nothing left. Okay? It's heroic. It might inspire us. But if all of the Jewish people, which was all what we had at the time, at the edge of the Red Sea, would go and fight a war against the Egyptians and would lose, what's the outcome of such an heroic measure? 
the extinction of the Jewish people. So in the long run, it's not necessarily the wisest strategy, right? But it's better than the Stockholm, it's better than I want to die. The last group, according to the Midrash, was comprised by the people who said, let us pray to God. Which seems to be, on first sight, you will read the Midrash, okay, the solution, the old Jewish solution to our problems is pray. It's interesting that this is a solution that comes kind of in the highest place of the ranking because it shows how the Jews felt for many generations, completely vulnerable and with not a whole lot of tools at hand, they retorted to prayer. But what is, it, what is interesting here is that if you read the text, the text is not saying this is the way we should go either. And that's why you see on verse 15, Bayomer Hashem el Moshe, and God told to Moses, Matitzakelai, why are you crying to me? Prayer at this moment is not what you need. You know what you need to do? Move on. The solution is not, I want to die. The solution is not to become slaves in Egypt again. The solution is not becoming extinct for finding a war that we cannot win. And the solution is not in praying without doing anything. The solution comes here in the text, according to the Torah, when you have a very tricky situation that you are facing, the solution is you need to move on. Because as long as you anchor yourself in the problem, it's hard for you to find a solution. And so, then is when another Midrash comes and says that the moment in which the, the waters of the Red Sea opened was when one Jew decided to step foot on the sea, not to drown, but to try to cross it. The Midrash is the famous Midrash about Nachshon ben Aminadav. According to the Jewish tradition, the Red Sea opened up when the Jews started to believe that they were able to cross the sea. They didn't give up hope. They didn't thought that everything was lost. They didn't think that this was a problem that was bigger than whatever they were able to manage. They walked. And sometimes that is where the solution rests, in our ability to gather ourselves, to put ourselves together, and to move on. Interestingly enough, that only works when we are together. And this is the last point I want to make. And this is where I need you to read the Hebrew. The Jews were divided in many groups. We know this because we are Jewish, and so we know this is part of our DNA. Some, that, that is not necessarily a bad thing. But it could be dangerous if we cannot get to terms, and we are all about fighting with one another. The text here is also mindful of that. And if you read some Hebrew, 
Go back to verse 10. I will read it in Hebrew, and those with some Hebrew knowledge, tell me where is the weird part here. Ufaro ikriv, ba'is ubne Israel te'ineyem, ve'ine mitzrayim nosea achareyem. Ba'iru me'od ve'itzaku bne Israel Adonai. What's the odd part of that verse in Hebrew? Who can tell me? I know that there is not a lot of Hebrew-speaking folks, but there is something very, like for those speaking Hebrew, there is something that is odd. What is that? Oh, meaning? But all in the plural, but. Actually, not. There is not all in the plural. It's in, in Hebrew, I will now translate. Because in, in the translation, you don't see it. But in Hebrew, it's very clear. Ufaro ikriv. So, Pharaoh came closer. So, the people of Israel lift their eyes. How would you translate that? And then... Mitzrayim, the Egyptians, are chasing. But Mitzrayim is plural. You can read Mitzrayim as, as a singular, but the point is that Mitzrim, Nosea. So, while the Jews were divided in many, many groups, Rashi, for example, says that the Egyptians were together and they were chasing Belevechad Keishechad with one heart as if they were one person. Interestingly enough, the solution to our problems only can work if we, even in our differences, can come together. Because when we are fighting with one another, and whoever is chasing us is united in that very specific goal of getting rid of ourselves, then we are facing a bit of a problem. So, once you go back to the text, you learn that we are dividing our opinions, and that's right. But if we cannot get together and respect our opinions and remain working for a solution together, we will face very deep problems. And many times the solution to our riddles are not about getting depressed for what life is bringing our way, is to bring, us, bring ourselves together and start walking so that the sea of our problems can open up and we can cross. That's a little bit of you know, how the Midrash works with the text. And again, I, the, the beautiful thing about that is that Many of the facts of this text and of the Midrashim, the commentaries surrounding these texts, can be actually applied to whatever is happening to us as a nation, as a city, as human beings. So I hope that you will take some of these uh, Midrashim back home and, you know, let's get ready to cross the sea once again. Shabbat Shalom.